What's going on, family? What's going on? What's going down? What's shaking? Welcome to Jonathan Souls Podcast. <laughs> this is Jonathan Souls speaking with you now. I bring you luminaries in the past, like the creators of Brother Man, Daoud Anyebuile. I've uh, had conversations with Roosevelt Pitt, who brought us Purge. Okay. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to somebody who's come in from a different angle, a different part of the, the creative field. Somebody who's pioneering in the publishing and the uh, distribution of manga. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Frederick Jones. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Jonathan. I'm doing well, man. Thank you for the invite. Good, man. Good, real good. Now, in my hand, I have a book that I believe is published uh, by your, your company, uh, Saturday yep. AM. It's uh, Apple Black. So yep. uh, tell us about uh, the site, Saturday AM, and mm -hmm. uh, how did you get started and why manga? Yeah, so, uh, well, again, thank you for having me on the show, man. We really appreciate uh, having the opportunity to, uh, you know, reach an audience that is trying to stretch the conversation as it relates to this superhero comic book thing that's exploding all over the world. And, uh, you know, we've been fans, as you know. We've now, been now don't, be, don't be honest, Frederick, because... I was looking on Twitter, doing a little research, and manga yeah. is kicking DC and Marvel's ass in terms of sales. Yeah, uh, in terms of uh, comic book sales, absolutely, yeah. but uh, but not in terms of brands. So let's <laughs> let's not get it. Okay, I come okay. from the business side of things. So, uh, but no, I mean, look, I think you know, uh, like I said, I mean, we you know, I appreciate you just giving us an opportunity to talk, man. I mean, you know, we've been at this for four and a half years, and uh, you know, I'm I'm sad to say that we've not got as much. Uh, media coverage. I hope that changes uh, more as time goes on, obviously. But, you know, uh, you know, we've built a company in the last uh, four and a half years that uh, called My Footprint Entertainment. And we focus on anime and manga uh, and creating diverse versions of anime and manga uh, featuring characters and or creators from all over the world. So the book that you reference, Apple Black, is one of our biggest successes. Uh, that title uh, deals with kind of like your standard manga trope of a young man who's you know, very, very powerful. He's born with this, uh, with this destiny to fulfill. And uh, in this world, magic is really, is really a unique thing because it, it comes down to, you know, you know how in Harry Potter you all have a wand and the mm -hmm. wand is like a little stick. What well, Apple Black's world, it emanates from a basically kind of like a, a, something that you would personally choose as your wand. It could be glasses. It could be your tie. It could be a watch. In this case, my man Sano, the main character, his entire hand is the wand. And so it's got it's about a very cool visual style. It's created by a young man from Nigeria named Odunze Ogogo. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought yeah. you was working with Japanese cats. You working with a Nigerian brother? Are you serious? Yes, man. Yes, this, and this young man is is the truth. I mean, you you see the book. Yeah, yeah, it's you awesome. You know what I'm saying? People people can't see it, but like if 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 you did not know, if I did not tell you that, yeah. when you looked inside that book, you would have thought it was from Japan, right? I would have thought this was Shonen Jump or Tokyo Pop or something yeah. like that. Yeah, man. <laughs> exactly. So you know, so uh, so wait a so, minute, wait a minute. You trying to tell yeah. me that black people, African people, <laughs> is doing manga? Is is that what I'm hearing? That's exactly what you hear. Not just African people. You got people from Latin America, people from the Middle East. I knew we was reading it, but I didn't know we was creating it. That's exactly right. Wow. And that's, and that's why that's why we started the company. And that's and our biggest brand that you talked about is called Saturday AM. Saturday AM for us is the name of our magazine, but it's become basically the, the company. 
people refer to the company as Saturday AM okay. because it's the biggest brand in that space. But to, you know, Saturday AM for many people around the world, Jonathan, Saturday AM is Shonen Jump because to them they're like, that's my Shonen Jump. That is really cool, interesting characters. And I know it's coming from somebody from Nigeria, mm-hmm. from New Zealand, from Nicaragua, from Hungary. I mean, it's all over. And so wow. they're seeing this and they're seeing us and they're saying, you know, I can do this. I can do this. And that company represents that. So that kind of is what we're about in a nutshell. We've got about 15 series that run within the magazine Saturday AM uh, and then another six series that run within our sister magazine called Saturday PM. They all are by creators from all over the world. Literally, I'm talking literally Nicaragua to Nigeria, to New Zealand, and everywhere in between. Wow. And uh, so, you know, so we're really proud of that. We've grown a bit, quite a bit in four and a half years. So, so can you describe a little bit about your demographic? Obviously, it's around the world. You have any figures? You have any gender yeah. uh, splits, any ages? What's going on? Absolutely. So, I mean, so a couple of things. Uh, so our primary demographic is 18 to 24. Uh, surprisingly, uh, we thought it would be 13 to 17-year-olds. Mm-hmm. But predominantly, it's 18 to 24 year old. I think a lot of that's because what we've discovered by being so upfront with our ethnicity and mm-hmm. our commitment to diversity, we've inspired the people who are ready to make comic books. We've inspired them, and so they're oh. of that age where they're they're coming out of they're coming out of art school. They're coming out of SCAD or RISD. They're coming out of their local universities that have art degrees, and they're saying. No, no, no. I want to. I'm not. I'm not worried about Marvel and DC. Now, don't get me twisted. Right. Don't get me twisted. We ain't compete with Marvel and DC. Right. If you want to get paid big time, you better go to Marvel and DC. But, uh, but beyond that, mm-hmm. the people who are looking at what we're doing and saying these guys, the creators who work with them, own their own properties. Mm-hmm. They are exciting people around the world. They're building a brand that is going brick by brick by brick. They've got animation that they've shown. They got a video game that's coming out. They've got books that are outselling some of the big books from Viz and, and, and companies like that. So they're looking at all this saying, wait a minute, I want to pursue that. But again, it's that slightly older demographic that has, that, you know what I'm saying, that's a little bit more world knowledgeable. You know what I mean? Like they're a bit more well, savvy. Well, your that, demographic is similar to mine. My audience is full of creators. Okay, yes. You yes. know what I mean? They're full of creators yes. and fans of, of the genres. Now, right. so are y'all like the dark horse of manga, you know what I mean? In terms of people c- controlling their own product and... Although some of these other brands are creating manga too, I mean, yeah, you're bringing uh, you're bringing I, something else to the table. You're bringing manga that's created outside of Japan. That's right. And you're letting people know, hey, listen, you know, it's okay. You know, what I mean, you know, that's you right. don't have to be Japanese in order to create a quality product. I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, uh, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't compare. I mean, I never thought of the comparison to Dark Horse, and I, you know. I, I don't know how old you are, but you know we talk about how old I am. So, <laughs> right. so I know. I got all you by companies. a couple of years. Just a few, right? Okay, all right. Look, that look. You the first because trust me, everybody else started here was twenty years younger than me. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I think uh, so. The dark horse is interesting. I, I probably, if I had to put it, I mean, look, I, I, we didn't we you create manga our, at one point or no? Uh, yeah, well, I've got a series. One of our popular series in Saturday M starring a black female character. In fact, you can see her on that wall back there called Clock Striker. Okay. And uh, so that's the series I create. I've created a series as well that stars an Indian character called Massive Multiplayer World of Ghosts. So, yeah, two of our big series I've created. But, uh, but no, I mean, uh, look, I think if I had to compare us, I mean, I think internally we look at ourselves as being like Shueisha, which is the Japanese parent company of Viz. They make Shonen okay. Jump in uh, Japan. 
uh, that we look at ourselves more like that and not because we're arrogant or have some delusions of grandeur, Mm -hmm. but because, you know, we, we view the way that they market and produce their product and we find ourselves more in line with that. I mean, let's, let's keep in mind two things. Number one, what separates us from Shonen Jump are two things and only two things. Cause we have, again, we have Apple black volumes of Apple black per ICV two, which is a leading yeah. demogra- uh, 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 statistic retail, a uh, statistic uh, uh, firm regarding uh, sales data uh, as it relates to comic book retail stores. Yep. Some of all, some, Apple black volume one outsells, outsells in comic book stores, at least outsells many of the manga titles from the biggest publishers out there. Whoa. So, 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 you know, so we, we, we know what our, our role is, you know, we're not going to be kind of put as being like some little fanboy group. We've seen those companies try to compete with us. That's not who we are. So we do have a higher aspiration, but you know, again, we, we, we know that from clout, from marketing, from PR, from all the things that would make a brand that significant, we're not at the level of a, of a Viz but we, or Shueisha, but we see ourselves that way. I, I think in terms of the, 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 the fact that our creators own their own properties, that just comes from me being you know, a very liberal person and me being someone who believes in kind of creator, uh, particularly when it comes to minority creators, uh, being able to help them shape and control their destiny. Like I tell my guys a lot, you know, my goal for you is, because we, we play a very active role, let's be clear. I mean, mm-hmm. if, you, if, if we take someone's property in, we treat the property, and I think this is really unique for us and everybody else out there. We treat the property as if it's Superman, Batman, as if as if it means that much to us. Okay. And and, and not the crater. We we make it clear to crater. I'm not here to satisfy your ego. I think a lot of young people need to learn that lesson. Like I'm not here for your ego. I'm here because I think you've got a property that if you let us work with you could be your meal ticket, your family's meal ticket, your kid's meal ticket. Okay. Because that's what that's that's where I come from. That's my professional background in terms of intellectual property management in the video game industry. So so I've seen it at that level. So when I came into this, you know, again, I didn't start this because I thought comics were neat. You know, I've got a background and stuff. But that marketing said, background, right? Had, what's that? Marketing. Yeah, marketing background. yeah, I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but you know, but if I, but just to just answer that, that question, if I had to compare us to an American comic company, yeah, it would probably because of the creators aspect, okay. it would probably be more like Image. It'd probably be more like Image. Image. Okay. Because you know we have we have a lot of unique creators who had their own social media space, the same way that when Image started, they had Todd McFarlane, who was a superstar, Jim Lee, who was a superstar, Rob Liefeld, who was a superstar. We had that. We launched with White Manga, who's a Doomsday Gogo. That's his, that's his little stage name. Yeah. Uh, Andrea Voros, uh, Wally Wynn, Raymond Brown. We've got guys like Jay Odin. I mean, we've got people who have massive social media. Followers. Blake uh, Showers, who's big up in the Philly area. So like, we've got people who got massive followings in their own right, and they are within our umbrella. If that makes sense. Can you tell me how important it is in terms of uh, marketing and, and, and awareness uh, of the social media presence of the individual creators? I think, uh, I th- well, I mean, first of all, I mean, the short answer is that it's extremely important. I mm-hmm. mean, you, it's not the only thing, obviously, but it's extremely important. I think, you know, I just so got So somebody not just this. coming to you with a, a great idea, beautiful artwork, and a great story. They got to have a, a social media presence as well? Well, no, uh, but no. But so this is what you're going to find out, John. This is what your, your listeners are going to find out is uh, I'm very real. Okay. So if y'all, if y'all listen to my podcast and listen to my media appearance and stuff, I always am very direct. I don't BS around. So, Jonathan, first of all, when I was listening to that, I was thinking to myself, like, 
damn, that's that's a whole lot of cool stuff right there. They got what well, they got a good story idea. They, they they're good artists, Jonathan. You know how rare that is that they got all of that. Oh wow! And okay. Normally, if they come to you, Jonathan, normally they got like one of those things. They <laughs> right. might draw really good. <laughs> right. They might have a really kick-ass idea, but they draw like they're three years old. My mother they, told uh, me I could draw. They, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> my mama thought I was good. She right. thought that dog looked like a dog. But uh, no, brother, no. Uh, I, I wish we got stuff like that. Uh, no, and we've been doing this a long time. We get fans and uh, artists from all over the world. We just signed a girl from Saudi Arabia, bro. So, wow. I mean, uh, okay. so no, I mean, <laughs> no, no. We do not. That That is a fantasy. Uh, what happens, so the social media piece is important but no it's not the only thing just like being a good artist is not the only thing you know uh i think so the creators who've been a part of saturday and what they would tell you to a t is that my biggest thing to them is to treat them groom them and expect of them to be professionals and from that standpoint that comes down to how they carry themselves it comes down to their relationship to their material and it comes down to the relationship to the fans. So social media's role in that is in the fact that obviously what you're trying to do, if you're creating content to be the superstar in your own world, well, then that's the problem. Hmm. But if you're creating content to excite the little boy or little girl like you were when you were that age, mm-hmm. then you've got then you're doing it right. And social media helps to enhance that. But like I said, you know, too many times you'll see young creators who they're, they're believing their own hype. They think that they are literally perfect. And l- let me just drop your, reader, your listeners on one thing. I, that I tell my guys, it blows their mind. I mean, it, it, always, it always lowers whatever ego they have the minute that I meet them. Ain't nobody made money off a fan who liked what you did for free. Hmm. So I like Beyonce. You came from the radio industry. I think Beyonce is great. I would marry Beyonce tomorrow. Okay. And I'm telling you right now, if Beyonce came to my town and them tickets cost more than $10, I ain't going. Because I don't like Beyonce that much. Okay. <laughs> I All don't right. like Beyonce that I'm not that type of fan. Sure. The fan who would pay $200 and sit in the rain to watch Beyonce, that's a true fan. Okay. And... Too many times social media has got our kids twisted into thinking, man, I got 10,000 followers. And you made what off that? Oh, you got what out of that? You wow. know what I'm saying? Like, you, ain't got, you ain't got no fan. You got, you got a free like. So what you do you call that? Light. You call that your, your manga wake-up call? <laughs> <laughs> I call that a, I call that a uh, Freddie bomb, man. I call that a Howard okay. bomb, something like that. But no, uh-huh. I... I I you know I no I just try to keep it real because I think so many I think you know and and I think again you know you, you being an older brother as well I think you know this I think mm-hmm. the the challenge that our our community has but I extend I extend this to other communities the sure. problem that a lot of young young people have nowadays is that the internet is so powerful it has given them so much you and I remember a time that if something if LeBron James hit that bank shot against the Pacers we had if we didn't see that game when it happened. We had to wait until the news 30 yep. minutes later, or yep. we had to go to work the next day and talk about it and let everybody tell us how awesome it was yep. over in school. Nowadays, the second that it happens, they got it on their computer. Real nowadays, time. the yeah. minutes, yeah, nowadays, the minute Trump does something crazy, they can read about it on Twitter, social media, this, that, and the other. They live in such an instant world that they expect everything to be instant. instant and I try to make and, sure our folks instant know. Instant and free. 
Exactly. And I try to let our folks know, again, and this goes back to technology and social media. I let them know social media is powerful. Social media does so many good things, but never get it twisted as being real life. It's not real life. So, yes, if you're there to talk to people uh, because you are there to try to excite people, you've got a concept and all you care about is making them excited and loving what you're doing. They can't wait to see the next page of the comic book or the next page of it, then you're doing it the right way. But if you sitting there do, looking at it and you talking about posting pictures of yourself, man, this is me with all my money. And this is me with uh, this is me, you know, with all my friends. And this is me going to the Black Panther premiere, you know, because I've worked on this and that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and you sitting there trying to take some sort of, you know, pride in that, then you're mm-hmm. missing the picture. And so, yeah, social media is important. But I think how we let them know it's important is, is, is crucial. And so, no, if, if you're a talented creator, if you've got a great concept, if you are a decent uh, artist or writer, uh, and if you are someone who uh, uses social media to galvanize and excite your fan base to the content, then yes, that is perfect. But if you're someone who's just using social media to look cool, or you're someone who dra- draws really good but you can't tell a story, if you're someone who has a concept but you've never actually drawn a comic page, none of those things would, would cut it at Saturday. It, it, it sounds to me like you turn mentoring artists into a business when we started my footprint that was the idea mm-hmm. that was literally the idea was i was traveling i was in the executive video game industry and as you as you indicated when you and i were talking earlier with uh, with your own child you know i'm looking i got a nephew who's into this stuff and i'm mm-hmm. sitting looking at him almost 10 years ago jonathan and i'm seeing him into the stuff and now i was into the stuff when i was his age but it was a whole different world back right. then, right? I mean, there was no, it wasn't a cartoon network. There was tsunami. There wasn't a tsunami. The, hell, I mean, there was Robotech wasn't even out. So you know, you didn't have this sort of, uh, you had appreciation for the art style and appreciation for the character designs, and it was obviously different than Scooby Doo, and that's what you took to it. Right. But these kids have grown up with it. You know, I mean, a kid today who's thirty years old has grown up with it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Consistently, yeah. readily available, and when you look at this, you think 30 years and they've not seen characters who look like us. When I was a kid, you remember Robotech? Absolutely. And remember Claudia Grant and Robotech, a black female who was a main character dating the white dude who was like the superstar pilot until he got killed. All I remember is the cyclone cycle. No, no, no. There were three parts of Robotech. Right, there were right, three right. parts of Robotech. The airplanes, the airplanes that changed. All right, was, was that the Maycross? Which, which that was Maycross. Macro- okay, Maycross. Macro- okay, all right. right. So there was a character named Claudia Grant, strong black female character. She didn't take any shit. She ended up becoming like uh, one of the uh, leaders on the bridge for the big ship that they had and so forth. Right. Uh, and she was in. She was the girlfriend to the cool pilot, like okay. the pilot that you were like, oh, he's a, he's gonna be the star I or that little annoying uh-huh. kid. Yeah, go back and check it out. But yeah. like, so so diversity was real back then. Mm-hmm. And now, for me to be my age and to have seen thirty years of a lack of diversity, what impact has that had on our kids? So when I started my footprint, that was literally the point. Mm. Was I'm looking at all? I'm looking at these craters from Africa, from Latin America, from other parts. Let's be clear too. Other parts of Asia gets no love out of anime manga. If you Indian, you ain't an anime manga. What? If you Korean, if yeah, you ain't seen no Indian characters in anime manga. Oh, you shit. ain't seen no Indian characters in anime manga. If you Korean, then you know Koreans to some degree in, in Japan they kind of have a relationship the way black folk do. They tend to get accused of stuff <laughs> okay. in Japan. It's like they're like kind of like in the little ghetto of Japan. Okay. So the point being is that 
there are a lot of groups who just get kind of phased out of the conversation anime manga, which is not a big deal Mm -hmm. until you realize anime manga is global. Yeah. Kids were growing up with this stuff. They are becoming young men and women with ideas in their head. And we are not featured in what empowered them to be excited about content or life or anything. So we started it to try to bridge that gap. And what we realized was that there were so many independent creators that we had to basically put a brand around what we were trying to do. And that's how Saturday End was born. Wow. Wow. To what do you attribute the rise of manga? Because I did some 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 just a little bit of research to prepare for the interview, and uh, this one article I read in the Japan Times, I think it was uh, August of 2016, research into publication sales and digital manga uh, exceeds magazines jump by 27 percent to 146 billion yen last year. So 2016, mm-hmm. they sold 146 billion yen worth of manga and right. uh, 194 almost 95 billion yen worth of uh paper manga uh in yeah. japan i know that, that couldn't all be the japanese that got to be worldwide no it's japanese yeah i mean that's um, japanese really okay. yeah i mean yeah well yeah because i mean billion if you look up the, the tr- you look up the, tr- the 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 conversion mm-hmm. the dollar conversion to yen i mean like a billion yen is you know like you know, a hundred million. I mean, you know, it's like, it's not, it's, it's not as much as you think. Okay. They got the billion on there, but it's not a billion the way you and I would think in, in America. I got you. Uh, but, yeah. but, that, but, but don't, don't let me, I'm not, please let me be clear. Mm-hmm. They do sell a hell of a lot of manga in Japan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I cold. mean, I remember it's running cold. into Borders Books, rest in peace, yep. <laughs> Borders Books, <laughs> with my son trying to get the next Naruto. Because mm-hmm. as soon as the shit hit the shelves, they snap it up. I still got like, two through 14 or something on the bookshelf in here. Cause oh, yeah. one, you know, went away missing or whatever. But, um, what's the, why, why, why you, manga? You and why my not... bookshelf right there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. I mean, why, go ahead. I'm sorry. Why manga and not DC and Marvel to the end of time? I mean, why manga? Um, I think there's several reasons for it. I mean, look, I think, I mean, I, I don't think it's particularly that controversial or hard to understand, nor do I think it speaks necessarily well to manga or anime. I, I, so I think sometimes I think people get it twisted. I mean, there are a lot of websites out there, by the way, who haven't given us any love, but oh, a lot wow. of websites out there who are dedicated to anime manga, who, uh, who, uh, I think they, they, I think they, they, they mischaracterize what, what the reality is. So, uh, first of all, I was an exchange student in Japan, so I can speak. This is coming from some knowledge. This is not coming from a Okay, you you fluent? Uh, a little bit. I mean, well, third grade level. You know, Boku no Neimawa Preto Jonsu this year. Okay. But look, you know, here's what I'll say. Um, what anime manga does everywhere in the world is it looks different than what the normal stuff is. Okay. You're right. It looks totally different. In fact, in fact, let me let me let me get deep for a second. Mm-hmm. You know, when we started, you know, we get this, we kind of get this BS directed as we still get it. You know, and that's why I'm always very upfront because I, you know, I I, I always make sure our people know that uh, we're not going to be, and that's why I think we've also got a success we've had to date. I'm not going to allow people to uh, try to do what they do to black people so often, which is minimize us. Okay. Try to speak for us and minimize us as if they know what we're thinking. Right. And uh, so I don't let people degrade what Saturday M's about. Uh, we stand up for a lot of stuff, uh, which which before was fashionable, before Black Panther came out. And <laughs> <laughs> My man, go ahead. 
and so, um, so you know, uh, we get used to get this crap from people who'd be like, uh, well, you know, why y'all call yourselves manga? Y'all ain't Japanese. You ain't Japanese. You can't you can't call it manga. I'm like, well, first of all, if you've been to Japan, you know that only all, manga only means comic book. And it, there's nothing special about the word manga. It means comic book. It is literally Japanese for comic book. Number two, as a black man, I don't own hip hop, but I know when I go to Japan, I hear a lot of people doing hip hop. So yeah. they want to start breaking off a dollar for every time they want to j- rap in, in, in Japanese. Right, right, right. I will happily break them off a dollar every time we sell a manga book. Yeah. This case cold. Now, the reason I say it that way is that I think, again, I think some of these websites, so many people, they, 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 what they fail to, because they're not very diverse. And let's be clear. A lot of these groups are just mostly white, uh, a lot of these websites stuff, so they don't have a lot of diversity. So what they fail to understand is literally that hip-hop argument. It's literally the hip-hop argument, which means that you can't, like, you know, the reason it does well is for the same reason white kids listen to hip-hop, for the same reason Jewish kids and Palestinian kids listen to hip-hop, because it is different from what they hear normally. Right. The minute they hear it, you, as you were young, I was young, we know how young people think. We've yep. got young people in our family. We know how young people think. If it's different, they end. Mm-hmm. They are down the minute it's different from what the older people in the family think because yeah. they want to feel special. And when you go to these countries, which, by the way, this is a recent phenomenon for manga. Let's not get it twisted and act like manga and anime have been huge around the world for decades. This is why, by the way, when you cite that statistic, because I hear a lot of people try to throw a statistic out about, oh, you know, One Piece and Naruto, man, they're the most popular comics in the world. Slow down, huh? Slow down, homie. They, if, they had bat, if they had the money that Batman generates, they jump out the damn. I mean, they would, wow. they would if they could if they could switch what they make on one piece for Batman, they'd do it tomorrow. Mm. They would do it tomorrow. So okay. let's not get it twisted as to what's going on here. Ameri- American superheroes are one of the great American art forms that dominates around the world. Have you gone to see the Attack on Titan live action movie? Sure, I did. No, then <laughs> <laughs> you have Ram Actually, brother. Then you, did. <laughs> you, did you that Ram brother, brother. That was, that was brother. some queer shit. <laughs> you that Ram, look, you that Ram brother, because you know damn well that if you went to your friends and be like, man, you take that time to attack on type, you'd be like, what? Oh, exactly. You know? yeah, nobody nobody but, heard but, of but, it. But, yeah, exactly. But, but when you said, have you seen Black Panther? They were like, brother, I was there day one. Of course. One. Yeah. Did you see Avengers Infinity War? Brother, I was there that the next weekend when I could take my kids. So yeah. let's not let's not get it twisted. You know what I'm saying? Marvel super, Marvel characters aren't sold in comic stores around the world, and yet they kill it at the box office. Why, if if anime manga is that big, why is that why is that not killing it in the box office? Because it's not diverse. Because people because people are getting it twisted and trying to make this crazy ass argument that oh wait no man you see like anime manga man it's, it's the future. No, it's not. It is it, what it is is an art form that looks totally different than what people are used to. And so when you're a young person and you see that that cool-ass-looking body armor or that really sick character design, that really well-designed panel, I, you know, I, tell the, I, do this, I do this tour where I talk, uh, I go to Comic-Cons and do a panel about diversity in manga. And I talk about, here, here's what separates Marvel comic books and Japanese manga. In a Marvel comic book, Wolverine walks into a room, a bunch of ninja there, it could be Deadpool, whatever you want, and... They put, they look and they're like, oh, you know, you're in my way. And they're like, yeah, you got to come get us. And they be a panel. They all got their swords out, the ninjas and stuff. And so what's going to happen? You're going to get a kick-ass panel of Wolverine popping them claws. Nick. And then the next panel is going to jump into the thick of them ninjas. And then the next panel is going to be them kind of like, you might, you might see 
you know, uh, you know, Wolverine, even Wolverine might have people around his neck and stuff. One hand's out stabbing somebody. He's getting stabbed in his in his leg, you know, by somebody sore. But then there'll be another panel. He might take a punch. Another panel where he throws a punch or slices somebody. By the next page or two, that fight is done. Yeah. Wolverine's looking badass, or Wolverine's like down. You know, he's been stabbed several times. They're like, will he survive? By the next issue, if that fight were manga. That fight would last 17 chapters. God damn. It would go on for two months. Wow. It would have... You've, you've seen Naruto's fights? Have you seen uh, Goku's fights? I mean, the things went on for weeks and months yeah. of chapter after chapter. And then it'd be like, you know, oh, no, Goku, you, know, you got me fixed. Oh, but wait, time out. I'm going to go Super Saiyan 19. You know, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know I could do it either, but I'm going to do it right now. That's what threw me off about the cartoons. Once that the only the only manga I ever really read was Helsing. I don't okay. know if you ever seen that that Helsing thing, but I'm like mm-hmm. I'm that's like my that's my joint. The yeah. the old the the OVA is that the right term the the yeah. original joint, and then they did another one or whatever. Same thing with uh, Full Metal. But yeah, once yeah, I read right. the manga and then I looked at the cartoon, I said, "What's all this filler?" You know, and right. make kind of a thing. So, but yeah, right. but but so you're not saying that manga is like the the soccer of of, of the, the the you know what I mean you know what I'm saying like the soccer no, of the, yeah. you're not saying that no I, I don't th- I, I again I think if you look at popular media I mean again why is you know Iron Man wasn't the soccer of Marvel comic books I mean he wasn't even the soccer of Marvel comic books and yet right now Iron Man is like probably the most yeah. I was surprised they came out with Iron Man because you know Blade exactly. was the one that, that actually started making money you know what exactly. I mean? Then they're gonna That's wait right. thirty That's fucking right. I mean thirty <laughs> thirty years to yeah. with another black character and then boom right. made money. And then go and does a billion dollars and does it in every country. Yeah. It makes fat money, millions of dollars in every almost every country. And so Argentina, France, and so so again, I don't want to get too far away from this. Yeah, the yeah. point I'm trying to make because it's so it's so crucial that we all understand. I don't care who's listening to this, they're white, black, Indian, yeah. Latino, whatever. Yeah. It's so crucial we understand this. Manga and anime is an art style. That mm-hmm. is it. It's okay. an art style. It's a very compelling art style. It looks unlike anything else out there. The Japanese, because they do it so well, mm-hmm. make it look so amazing and unique. Just like the, just like you know, you can have hip hop anywhere around the world. You got Psy in Korea. You can't compare Psy to Little Weezy. You can't compare Psy to Drake. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because when they do it, they just do it with a flavor that just cannot be touched. So the point is, is that you know we have to respect what anime manga is. But the idea that it is this gigantic thing that's just all-encompassing, look, if that is the case, then we are in trouble unless Saturday AM and other groups do what we do. Because you cannot have an art form that has the potential reach that anime manga does and does not speak to the beautiful diversity of the world, does not speak to people who are making those creators millions of dollars. That is a problem, and it is astonishing to me that very few people talk about it. We were the first ones to talk about it in 2013 and be public about it and be direct in terms of how we were going to fix it. And now mm-hmm. there's been a couple of groups that come after us, but that's the point. That's the idea. So, I mean, are you going to, do you think that Saturday AM is going to benefit from the same uh, fan support or the same effect that Black Panther benefited from? In other words, you know, that different look, you know, but that same quality kind of a thing yeah i think so i think that um i think i yes i mean so the short to answer be frank is yes with you, man you're not dealing in minority populations once you go global 
once you get out of the United States, you know, it's black and brown in terms uh, of audience. And I say I, I brown, that might be, you know, yeah, Middle Latino East, that might be yeah. South Asia, you know, right, South America, right. whatever. I mean, I don't know. I think, I don't know about that. I mean, look, I, again, if you look at Black Panther, if you go to a website like Box Office Mojo, you type yeah. in Black Panther, you look at the foreign sales, you go country by country. Mm -hmm. Black Panther did well in countries that, let's face facts, you know, you're talking about soccer. These are countries that, that throw bananas on the field towards people who look like you and I. Okay. So, you know, so it did well in those countries. Again, that just speaks again to my point about this, this argument that, that manga just vastly destroys comic book superheroes. I just, that's just, I just find that to be laughable. But at the same time, though, I think what it does tell us, the success of Black Panther, is that there are a lot of people out there who know that there are unique stories that they've not seen. There are stories that they're, that they're missing out on because they are not exposed to more diversity. And there's a hunger for it. They have a hunger to see more things. Because, I, you know, I've said this before, uh, and I, you know, I, some, I say it to be flippant. I'm, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm being a bit of a character when I say it. But, you know, I don't know how many spiky hair, white-looking Japanese characters we can look at to be right. like, oh, man, I can't wait to see his new anime. What's it called? I don't know, but this character looks badass. He looks like every other yeah. manga character. You know, yeah. I don't know how many times we have to see that and be like, oh, man, that's, this is going to be different. No, it's not going to be different. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be different, and but what? But I tell you, what will be different. What'll be different is again, if you've got a black female lead character, will be different. If you've got an Indian male character. Will be different if you've got a Korean character who's maybe living in Japan, or a Korean character who's living in Korea, a Korean character who's in North Korea, who's having to who escapes to South Korea, uh, a, a character like Malala, who's a, a young Afghan woman who's trying to make her way through and so forth, and then has to deal with uh, with some of the you know bigotry, uh, some of the uh, patriarchal bigotry that people in that side of the world deal with. Those are interesting stories. Mm -hmm. And if you were to put that to anime manga, that'd be kind of an interesting anime manga. So I just think that, you know, we, you know we've got to stop being, uh, being our own uh, kind of blockage as to yeah. what we have to do. Yeah. You know, we have to accept the fact, you know what, this is an interesting story. And it's interesting also because it has a minority focus. And I have faith that if I treat it right and I try to excite the readership with, you know, cool ideas and cool battle scenes and awesome looking images and so forth, but that they, they will embrace it regardless of whether or not the character is fat, you know, Asian, brown skinned, disabled, tall, skinny, whatever, mm -hmm. that they will embrace it because it's just a cool story. And I think that's what we got to get to. Now, I became a member of your site after seeing your interview with on YouTube on a channel called like How to Bam with yep. a young, I think you said a Portuguese brother. Yeah, yeah. Mustiaki. Mustiaki. Now, mm -hmm. um, so I got the uh, magazine. So I read uh, Soul Beat. Let's see. Soul yes. Beat. Where are my notes here? I read Soul Beat. I read uh, Hammer, which is very entertaining. Yep. I read yep. Boy, which is uh, Better Off Ignorant. <laughs> Uh, when the girl pulled out a gun and then she fired at the, at the, at the other kid's foot, I was like, Oh right. man, this is, this is real. And then it was a golf ball. That's right. And then she fired again and it was a coffee mug. I was like, you know what, that's man, right. this is some creative <laughs> shit, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Like that's, one of my, that's one of my favorite series. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and what I did was I said, well, let me see, because the part of the ads was Apple Black, so so I got yeah. Apple Black from uh from on the Kindle store, and then yeah. I got the Apple Black uh, book, like just like before we interviewed, and this yep. thing got about nine hundred pages, man. Y'all printing dictionaries, and well, why are these graphic novels so thick? That's a lot of content just, for for ten yeah. bucks. Well, I mean, we try, you know, we we want to. 
I think it's important for us to have people like what you just described. Everything you just described is awesome, and we want to try to make sure if we ha- if we're lucky enough to have that sort of appeal to somebody who discovers us through a YouTube or through one of the things that we do, then gets the magazine, which is a cheap subscription. I mean, let's talk about the magazine. You get 20 issues of all these unique series yep. that, that serialize inside the magazine at different times. Uh, you get 20 issues of that for five dollars. That's a low subscription. Five rate. bucks a year, and then you got yeah. the premium for what? Twenty five. For twenty five, which includes Saturday PM, and then if you come to conventions that we're at, you also get some stuff with because of that. Okay. You get a, free, a couple of free items there. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, so you get all this cool stuff and for a really low rate, and then and then you turned around and bought the book, which we really appreciate. I, I think so. To that end, right? Like we were like, okay, well, let's make sure that we that we make sure these books are packed. So we have a rule uh, that. Uh, creators who produce content for Saturday M, uh, they have to have at least 150 pages Woo. before we will collect it as a book. At least. That's the minimum. And that's 150 pages per what? Like, is it a year? Or no, 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 no. Just for the, for, before we make a book. Before okay. we turn that content into a book. Gotcha. So okay. you, can't, you can't be like, man, woo. These three pa- these three chapters killed me, man. But I got seventeen pages. Right, right. Mister J- Mr. Jones, turn that into a book. No, son. No. So no floppies for you. This is straight That's graphic right. novel type type material. Yeah. I can hear somebody with this yeah. one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not trying to do the floppy. The floppy is the American comic book scene, and as I mm-hmm. described a few minutes ago, I think that uh, you know I grew up an American comic book fan. I'm still an American comic book fan. I mean, I, I'm an American. You know, yeah. we have a global company. I'm a huge fan of what we do, but I, I never let it be twisted i'm an american i think like an american i'm proud to be an american even mm-hmm. though we do some dumb shit yes, we do Lord. some dumb stuff sometimes sorry yeah. about trump world but, <laughs> exactly 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 but uh but you know but i'm a proud american so so from that standpoint yeah i mean look you know what american combo companies do i you know i'm a big fan of what they do but it's not for me it's not for our creators so you know, we, we discussed we discussed that your your a little bit of your demographic you said 18 to 25 18 to 24, male, 18 to mostly 24, male, mostly male. male. Uh-huh. Yep. And um, so this digital thing, you know, yep. I, I got it on Kindle. I got the PDF directly from the site. I no mean, fun. is there a preference amongst your audience for digital or paper or both or, or what? Uh, both. I think that uh, because our audience is progressively younger, because our mm-hmm. secondary demographic is 13 to 17. So, I mean, you know, we obviously have tranches, right? Okay. Our, our our primary demo is 18 to 24. Our secondary is 13 to 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and th- so so what happens with that? Well, these are these are people like I said who are 20 years younger than me. So instantly, they are digital, right? They are mostly digital. They're That's born they're with an iPhone in their hand. I think is That's what's exactly happening. Exactly right. Right. And in fact, I, in fact, I can't tell how many young people come up to us at trade shows. And they'll say to us, be like, oh, yeah, man, I read your comic book on my, on my phone. I'm like, I don't even know. Like, like, bruh, the amount of glasses I would need to do that is unbelievable. I'm like, you you, you are definitely young, son. You could not, yep. you could not get me to read on my phone. So, so yeah, uh, but what we find, though, to answer your question, is both. It's both. They like digital, but then when we have the book collected physically, there is, and, and, and I have to be honest with you, Jonathan, and I want to say this very directly. This is something that surprised me, and it's something that I find very rewarding. It's something that makes me hopeful, because what it means then is that these young people, when we started the company, Jonathan, people laughed. They mm-hmm. were like, man, you ain't going to get these kids to pay for a subscription. Are you crazy? These kids steal content. They're not paying for a subscription. I mean, right. I heard it. I heard it from everybody. We got, we got picked on some, some, so many different things. 
and what that tells me, what you just asked, is when, when I saw that it was both, is that these kids do have an appreciation mm -hmm. for physical. They mm -hmm. do have an appreciation for buying stuff, for earning it. Mm -hmm. You know, saving the money, buying it, and then keeping it as part of their collection. Yeah. But you have to build that in them. So the mm -hmm. fact that we have a subscription, even though it's low low cost, the fact we have a subscription begins to train them yeah. into appreciating that, look, i got to pay for this content, but I'm paying for it. It's easy for me to, 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 to do. Uh, you know, it's not a lot. It's the cost of a Starbucks coffee. It's the cost of a Happy Meal. So they can look at it that way. They do it. They get the content in. And then the series that they particularly like, uh, then they're able to then buy the book and they feel like they've accomplished something. And that that is amazing. That's 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 what we're looking for. You're grooming artists. You're grooming customers. Uh, that's 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 a different business model, man. It definitely is. Tell me about the publishing side when it comes to the print. I mean, did I get this? Is this printed in like China someplace? Is it printed in America? <laughs> What's going on? America, America. <laughs> <laughs> America, man. <laughs> no, because I, I talked to a brother the other day, man. I was telling him about, hey, you know, you just finished your Kickstarter. Uh, you know, he's telling me, oh, well, I, I got this artist from 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 uh, Philippines. I got this artist from Philippines. Everything. I ordered my books from China. I'm like, well, I know a brother over here. Like, look, it's four hundred dollars to get two hundred books from this guy, or something along those lines. It's seven hundred dollars to get a thousand books from China shipped and delivered with a bow yeah. i'm like god yeah. damn you, yeah. you know what i mean so that's that's yeah. why i asked so it's, it's printed in america printed in america uh so again i came from the video game industry i spent time in china i was in uh uh guangzhou i was in hong kong but now we travel to guangzhou to overlook some manufacturing that we were doing um I, you never say never you know what I'm saying? Never say never. You're right. You get it super cheap. There's, there, there are some negatives to it, but you okay. do get it super cheap. Uh, so never say never, but uh, but the books that, that we currently publish are published here in the States, or produced here in the States. Well, you're doing better than uh, Harley Davidson, man. I heard they closed the plant and moved it overseas, man. So Well, you know, we look. Uh, uh, Make America uh, great again. <laughs> two, look, two, two, two things on that. Number one, we don't have the sort of uh, money that Harley Davidson got. Okay. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, so yeah, but we would, you know, we, we, we would hopefully not be in that position in the first place. And then two, we haven't been given the chance to get the money Harley Davidson got. My last name ain't Zuckerberg or Spiegel. Ain't nobody been like, Mr. Jones, we love this idea, and you've proven that it works. Here are billions of investment dollars. We don't care if you don't make any money for five, six, seven years. You just build your fan base, pay your bills, hire the best people, pay them, build up this massive brand. We ain't gotten quite so lucky. Uh, uh, you know, I, I got to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, uh, is, is it Fred or Frederick? Do you mind either one? I don't mind either one, no. Frederick, I gotta be honest with you, man. I just don't think that you're being fair. That 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 tax cut that Trump passed has got to have helped your business. Bottom line, no, come on, not. man. Give give the brothers due. Give Mr. Orange his due, man. I wish I could, but the answer is no. Wow. <laughs> did, not, did not help. Entrepreneurs ain't, ain't ain't benefiting under under Trump. Come on, man. No, well, like like I said, you know, and I, I mean this sincerely. You know, again, I, I you know, I'm sure that. Uh, there are media groups who will hear this and uh, one, uh, we, we certainly, we've run into a few of them, but you know, I, I find it extraordinary that, you know, looks like we've been at this four and a half years. We've got some amazing statistics in our name, uh, stuff that people know we're doing. We were yeah. there long before other groups. And we just, I mean, you know, it's like, like I said, I mean, you, we, I, someone asked, one of my guys, one of my guys, I said, they were like, uh, Mr. Jones, uh, 
Like, man, you know, like, yeah, we, this was so cool what we did, man. Like, you know, why don't we have an article on this website or that website? I'm like, I, I don't know. Because, I mean, like, they know who we are. You know what I'm saying? They, you know, they know what we're doing. They're like, well, what, what can I do? What can I do? I said, the, 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 like, the best thing you can do is wear a Saturday M shirt, rob a bank, and then be like, oh, look, hey, time out. <laughs> I didn't actually steal this money. I just wanted some coverage. I just wanted people to write about us. All right? That's all it was. That's all it is. But, yeah. I mean, you know, no, I mean, you know, um, it, look, you know, I talk about it. Uh, you know, every time we, we get an interview, I talk about it because I think it's shameful. I think it's not fair. I think that, uh, and the reason I say it like that is that, you know, again, this, and I think this is the part about diversity that needs to be said. I have a company that consists of several black men, several Latino people, women, a couple of Asian. Uh, we just signed, like I said, uh, we're working with someone from India now. We got someone come, we got someone from China. Uh, we got uh, we got a young girl coming from uh, Saudi Arabia. I don't expect for anybody, we, we, you know, I don't expect for people to give us anything for free. Uh, we've worked for it. We, 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 I feel like we've earned it. And that's that to me. That's not even a question. It's beautiful. But what, but what angers me, what frustrates me is that, and you, I can say this. I will say this, whether you are white or black or whatever. As a black man, I'm damn tired of having to do it all mm. to just get be treated the same way that others do. Yeah. I think that is just absolute bullshit. And the people in these some of these media companies, they know who they are. Now, are you they talking American media? Are you talking I'm outside? Talking American media. I'm talking websites that you oh, go man, to. Oh, man, media's to. dead. Well, I mean, I still say what I say. I mean, you know, to me, it's just because, it's, it, you know, because I know what my guys sacrifice. Uh, sure, sure. And, you know, it's like, you know, I want them. I don't care if, you know, if someone writes about us and, we sell more copies. Obviously, I think, first of all, I think we can do it. So, I mean, that's not a concern. But mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, though, is that I got people who, and myself included, who sacrifice, who spent time away from their kids, who have taken money that could go towards bills to fund yeah. things that we were doing for the company. And damn it, they deserve mm-hmm. to be given a little bit of love on comic resources, IGN, Anime News Network, uh, Crunchyroll. And I will, I don't care, you know, and our day will come, our day will come, but I will. I will still bring it up. I don't care if I'm sitting on stage with them and they're like, man, man, y'all really killed this year. I'm like, yeah, but y'all should talk to us the first damn year. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I got people who sacrifice their asses off mm-hmm. and you all are sitting there jumping over backwards for somebody who had a, a shiny globe next to their name and you wanted to make them stars instead of giving my people just a modicum of mm-hmm. support. And I find that shameful. I find it absolutely shameful. Now, in the four years that you've been in business, have you had an artist come to you flourish and then leave and go to a larger company, go on their own, anything like that? Not, we've had, we certainly have had artists that come to us and, and then left. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe seven in the last four years. Okay. Um, so, uh, how many of them have, I mean, I, I would, and I say this respectfully to them, I wouldn't say flourish, but there have been folks who have left us who have who've taken what they've learned and been able to turn it into a platform for them to do new things. Okay. And I think that that to me is something that makes me particularly proud. But look, I mean, I'm also not going to lie. Like, you know, it always sucks to lose somebody. I mean, when you, uh, you know, when you are in charge of something like this and you've got many young creators like we do, you all, I'm constantly beating myself up about, you know, did I, was I, as candid to this person as I could have been. Was I 
as informative to this person as I could have been. Did I give them, you know, and I'm not going to, you know, look, I, I refuse to kiss anybody's butt, so right. I'm not going to kiss these young people's butt, but did I give them enough push to, to let them know how much I believed in them? You always have those moments. And, um, but yeah, I mean, there, but there are creators uh, who, there's one young man who was part of our little, who was part of, a, we, we did a group called Pilot Monday. Okay. And this was this was a scenario, it was a private group. We had thousands of people in this thing, all who wanted to join Saturday AM. So, so because what, what we did was we were getting killed, Jonathan. Like every day after we launched, every day. Hey, I'm from Germany. I'm from West Africa. I'm from, you know, I'm from this out there. Man, mm-hmm. we get down. I just saw what y'all doing. Man, I did not know that y'all, you know, that there were people who were who worked from Japan, yeah. doing this stuff, and y'all are doing some big stuff. I want to get in, and so we had people come from all over the woodwork. Still do. And we said, look, what I, just like with everything else, you know, just like, again, my, my belief in trying to be transparent, uh, what that came down to is that, and I know you've experienced this as a young person, but back in the day before the internet existed for us, right? You know, you send a letter in to Marvel right, or Columbia right. Records or whoever it is you wanted to work for, yep. and you wouldn't get nothing back. If you did get something back, it'd be like, work harder. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'd even be like, we'd even be positive. Flipping through like your portfolio, note. derivative. Derivative, derivative. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. You need to buy this book and learn how to draw better. So yeah. Like that. And uh, so, you know, so I didn't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to create a company and then be that company. So what we did was said, look, how can we best help these young creators experience the process of trying to join a company, but at the same time giving them the harsh reality but doing it in a constructive way. So we put forth this group called Pilot Monday. And what it did was say, first of all, I said, don't send us nothing. If you want to try to send us something, then what you want to do then is join Pilot Monday. That's, that's what you, to join Saturday AM, you got to join Pilot Monday. You join Pilot Monday by, you, but first of all, you had to have all your credentials. So we had to know who you were. I didn't want your code name. Don't tell me your name is Batman666. <laughs> I want to know what your name is. Right. I want to know where you're from. I want to see your art portfolio. Again, it, it's extraordinary that these young people have all of this free stuff they get to use and they struggle with the basic idea of having their information out there. I can't tell you how many people write to us, they're like, man, I want to get down. And I'm like, okay, first of all, do you even have a portfolio, son? Uh, I got a Twitter. No, son. <laughs> no, son. Or, or my favorite is I got an Instagram. I'm like, okay, okay, well, let me see what your Instagram is. Not, not that that's it, by right, the way, right, son. Right. There's a whole process to come. Right. But, you know, your note was maybe respectful or maybe, you, you know, you, you struck me to be kind of interesting. So let me go check it out. Get there and it's locked. This on private. And it's like, now, it's like, look, look now, look. Now, you know you, I, have to, I have to interrupt. And I apologize for this, yeah. brother, but I think go it's going to go to the core. When I was in high school, there was a man named Mr. Williams, African-American man who taught French, Spanish, French, Spanish, and mathematics. And uh, I could draw, my buddy could draw, and his son could draw. He took us to Portfolio Day. And back then, I think it was called Maryland Institute of Art. I met, I think it was George Perez. Um, Mm -hmm. Was he working for Teen Titans at the time, DC or whatever? But, you know, but the point is, is this brother took like an interest in us. And, you know, I I began to understand what a portfolio was. It just wasn't a sketch pad with all your stuff in it. I start, That's right. Do you think the fact that at least in, in in Maryland where I'm where I am, they don't really emphasize art. They don't emphasize. Oh, I, agree. Uh, I agree. You know any kind of uh, skills of that nature. I mean, it's just a you know like a babysitting scenario. You That's think right. that has hurt these kids? 
I think that's I think that first of all, I think that's a fantastic story. I think that is I think you're dead on. I would add to that what you and I talked about a few minutes ago with social media. Yeah. And I would suggest that here's the other part. Right. And you got you got a young person, in your family. This is the other part. These kids don't know how to talk. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's all it all. Now we sound old. You know, back but, in I mean, my it's day. True. <laughs> it's, it's true, though. It's true. I mean, yeah. so what? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We, we, yeah. look, just, like, just like I said a few minutes ago, like I said, I know, I promise you, they're going to look to that nigga like, we never put that Negro on our way. <laughs> That's the end of it. But, I, but, you know, but just like I said then, I'll say it now. They need to hear this. Yeah. So, you know, we, look, I, we, you and I have made it this long. Yep. So, damn, let us share some wisdom. You know what I'm saying? Yep. We didn't make it this long for nothing. And we got blessed to get this long. So, yep. let us talk. And from that perspective, yes, these young people do not know how to talk. And I'm convinced that 90% of the fact that they don't know how to have a social interaction combined with the cuts from the right wing to art and art education, meaning yeah. they don't even know how to present themselves. Right. Put those two things together and you end up with, and I'm telling you right now, while, I mean, literally while we were talking, I went to our Facebook. We have a fantastic Facebook page. Went on our Facebook page. There's a note right there from some kid from uh, from L.A. And uh, I assume he wants to join us. You want to know what his note says, Jonathan? What's that? Sup? Oh, no! Are you serious? That's oh, all it says. You want to start sup. a professional business relationship, and you start it with sup. Sup. Oh, man. And I, and I clicked to go to his profile. and just pictures of him and his girlfriend. Yeah. Not a piece, no artwork, no nothing. So wow. again, I think you're dead on. I think this is a combination of factors that have led to this. But again, we created Pilot Manga yeah. to serve as the counterbalance to mm -hmm. this, to do what you and I just did mm -hmm. and talk these young people through every phase of what it would take for them to at least have some dignity in what they were doing, okay. to have some level of presentation and professionalism in what they were doing. And then when it was all said and done, every month, once you got in the group, getting in was hard. Once you got in the group, every month we did a, a contest. We said, okay, we're going we're gonna to look and see. We're going to see the best pitches for a new comic book series. And we would then do a comprehensive critique of it. We tell them whether wow. or not we like the artwork, what we thought of the costumes, okay. if the character designs were good. We tell them if we thought they ripped off character designs. We tell them if we thought the name was stupid. I mean, we went through everything. So you had and Portfolio that, Day online almost. Absolutely. No, wow. totally, completely. Okay. You can okay. find some of the videos on our YouTube channel. Folks, wow. go to our YouTube channel. It's, uh, it's uh, uh, youtube.com forward slash myfootprint, uh, M-Y-F-U-T-P-R-I-N-T, folks. But if you go there, go back in time, you'll see some videos. And the videos do well, by the way. People love to listen to me pull my little Simon Cowell and be like, I hate this, you know, uh, but uh, but no, seriously, they I think that there is a piece of that. And that's why we started. And so to that point, the only reason I want to tell that story is that. So when you ask the question of have we had people move on for Saturday M, we've had seven people who left. I can't say any of like none of them, the seven that left are working for Marvel. But we had a few in pilot manga who went through all of what I just told you who went on to work for Marvel, who went on to do stuff for DC, who went on to do uh, more higher-grade art stuff, either as independent artists or video game designers. So from that standpoint, again, as I said at the very beginning of this, I do think that you know people ask kind of what are the, the, con what, what are the specific Saturday AM, the professionalism, I think, is the key. The fact that we're trying to breed a certain type of creator online. 
And those who are with us from the beginning, those, those who, have, who have had access to since they were young, the, the, the Adunze Agogos, the uh, Dan Tilarsheveks, uh, you know, just a lot of these younger creators, those that we've had have flourished. Mm. The, you know, a lot of the guys who are older, you know, they, they struggle with it a little bit because, again, they develop that ego. And so they, they've, they've got a perception of what they have to do or what they deserve. Mm-hmm. And so there's sometimes there might be some conflict there. But the young craze we've had have flourished. And I think that's kind of where our sweet spot has been. Um, when I was doing some research for this interview, I, I noticed that some of the people who were doing like, a, you know, top 20 or top 10, you know, selling mangas or whatever, they kept mentioning the fact that this manga hadn't had an animation in a year or two years or whatever. How important is animation to to get a manga pop, you know, in, in terms of a larger audience? It's huge. I mean, it is. Uh, so this is this is where anime and manga when you cited what you said earlier i want to be clear folks this is where it does matter in the sell-through success but again i want people to hear me on this this is a fundamentally unique thing to japan this is not normal so in america and most around the world iron man spider-man batman just you i I, again and i'm sure again there'll be people i know there'll be people there people who just love to hate us there'll be people who love japan or love anime manga who listen to some stuff i've said they'll be like man sure oda would he would never love to have batman i I say bullshit to that but whatever you know we can (laughs) we can agree to disagree right but uh but i'll say this though uh you know batman in those countries including america what we know now empirically is that it does not affect sales it has not oh. changed the trajectory of the American comic book scene. We got movies making billions of dollars around the world, and comic books have not dramatically increased as a result of it. Whereas okay. in for manga, culturally, it is different. I mean, think about this. You're talking about a comic book that, as you said a few minutes ago, sells millions of copies mm-hmm. on a weekly basis in a country of like 100 and whatever, 190 million, AP, whatever it is, that sells millions of copies per week they, they and, and, and they have a culture that reads it all, all the way through. So you've got in Japan, whereas here, before Marvel superhero movies became, became really big, in Japan, in the 90s, in the 80s, in the 2000s, you can be in your 60s and read manga and yeah. not one person bats an eye. Yeah. Not one person goes, well, this is crazy. You know and I know that's not how it was here. Right. Nowadays, it's less controversial, mm-hmm. but... If you and I were our age 20 years ago, yeah. then we'd be laughed out of the house. Yep. Like, hey, put that comic book down, fool. You better read Newsweek or <laughs> right, right, right. You know, Black Enterprise. Right, right. Um, so, so that, so it's a cultural thing. So with the, being a cultural thing, it is fascinating that you can take a story and just animate the exact same story on TV and that that actually sells more books. If this were America, right, Superman would have a different cartoon. It would be like the comic book, but it would be totally different. Batman would have a cartoon, it would be like the comic book, but it still be totally different. The stories would be totally different. Only in Japan can you take a, con- a comic book, literally adapt panel for panel the comic book story in your anime for six, seven hundred episodes, mm-hmm. and it actually impacts the sales of the comic book. More people decide to read the comic book. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is interesting, and it does. Yeah, anime makes all the difference in the world. And by the way, the trends for what I just described, which are Japanese, they apply to because you know the order of countries in terms of manga. No, for sell through, 
Japan, obviously, the big fish. Mm-hmm. You know who's next is France. France sells comic wow. books like nobody's business. They are, I mean, Japan would laugh at us because they got France, and France kills it. Then it's America, then it's Germany, then everybody else is way at the bottom. Okay. But so now when you've got that scenario, it is, it is amazing. The statistically, what we see is that it, it trends here, too. Okay. So while it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work for Batman. But for Naruto and One Punch Man and My Hero Academia, you take that cartoon and you put it on American TV, on Cartoon Network, mm-hmm. watch those sales for that tank go, for the graphic novel go, whoop. Yeah. It, go, it does a straight-up line. So, yes, it makes all the difference in the world. Would it apply to us? I don't know. We, we are working on animation. we got some animation. That's that why I wanted on. to lead into. You're, you're looking oh, okay, into yeah. that vibration? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we were looking at it years ago. But I think, you know, we have some competitors in the space, and I think what has separated us from many of our competitors is that first of all, I mean, we were the first, you know, and, and I think, you know, the reason that's important is obviously just the fact, you know, that we were there first, but it's important because we've been here this long. Yeah. Like we survived, you know, there, I can tell, I can't tell how many, how many competitors we had that were like, man, hell is Saturday, man, we're going to beat them. And then didn't last two years. We got one competitor right now who's had literally three different business models and names in one year. Wow. Look, but yet, look, but yet, but yet, I, yet they get pressed like bugs. And we sit there like, yeah. we've been around three, three and a half years longer than these cats, and y'all can't give us some sign, but y'all been on backers with these cats. But regardless, they, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, so, so, uh, would that work for us? I don't know, but I know that, you know, we've been focused on the animation deal. Other, I think our competitors, I think a lot of young people, I think when they get trapped mentally is this idea that, well, I gotta have an anime, gotta have an anime, I want an anime, I want an anime. And what they fail to understand is that, okay, that's great. But the number, the two things, anime costs like hell. Yeah. To make an animated production that looks like a good Japanese animation, you're talking three hundred thousand dollars an episode. Now technology changes. Mm-hmm. Some some countries come online. There was a time where they were far, the Japanese uh, anime studios were farming their work out to Vietnam and Korea. Yeah. But now those companies, just like just like you're talking about buying books out of China, now those companies prices have gone up. So now they're mm-hmm. moving to other means to cut the cost down. So the point is, is that it's very expensive. Number yeah. two, somebody got to want to read. If I don't want to read your comic book, then I don't want to watch your cartoon. Right, right, right. So, you know, so just because you think that it'd be cool to have an animation. I got black characters. It'd be cool to have an animation. Bro, come on. Like, you know, I, I wish that were the case, but that's not the case. I mean, people actually have to care about your character. Yeah. The smartest thing Marvel did was drop Black Panther into Civil War and then drop Black Panther. That was the smartest move they made. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, would I think Black Panther would have made a billion dollars without Civil War? No, I don't think it would have done that. I think, I think you had to break it to them mm-hmm. about who this black man was and what his deal was and the fact that he was sitting next to Spider-Man and Captain America. You had to sell that imagery first right. to then sell that movie. That was one of the we, dopest setups ever. Yep. You know what it I mean? Was huge, smart, yeah. smart. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's like, to me. To me, that's what makes Marvel so brilliant. They what they've done is they've been patient mm-hmm. and they've been deliberate. And I think, and when you got that going in your favor, that is uh, something to really respect. Now, in terms of uh, audience engagement, uh, tell me how it is when you go to the cons. Uh, I looked on your website. Uh, you was in Philadelphia a little while ago. Yeah, we were there two weeks ago. Okay, okay. How was that? We loved it. Uh, we've we traveled to roughly eight or nine shows since we started Saturday AM. Uh, okay. We've been to the West Coast with Portland and uh, 
Santa Clara. We've been, uh, we got some trips to the Midwest. We were in Cleveland. We were in Philly. We were in New York. Um, uh, we've been, you know, in North Carolina. Um, I think that, uh, I think, I think, you know, it's funny having been in those places at this point, I think, uh, we certainly feel, we were talking about this the other day, we feel something kinetic about being in the Northeast sector. I don't know what it is. I think it's mm. diversity, obviously, but there's something about when we're in Philly and New York that feels very, like it, like we connect in a way that I can't put into words. Okay. Whereas we go to other places, we have fans, people come out, they love what we do, or if they don't know anything about us, they become fans. But there was something very special about our trips to New York and Philly, for sure. Okay, okay. What other uh, cons or events do you have coming up? Uh, we're going to be going to uh, Chicago uh, for Wizard World Comic Con in Chicago. I think we'll be going back to New York possibly for Anime NYC. I don't know for sure yet. Okay, what's the dates uh, on the Chicago uh, con? End of August. Okay, okay. I think it's the end of August. Yeah, sometime in August. Gotcha, okay. <laughs> Wizard World Chicago, folks. Wizard right. World Chicago. We'll talk about it on our website. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but we, and we hope to, we hope to, I mean, again, because we're global, you know, we, we've had opportunities to go to Japan and Australia, mm-hmm. and we hope to maybe make one of them happen this year, so we'll see. Excellent, excellent. Listen, man, I want to be respectful of your time. I said I'll keep it at 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes? Yeah, I didn't know we said 20 minutes. I don't remember that. I mean, uh, but no, nah, I tell cool. everybody I mean, 20 uh, minutes, man. It's, uh, it's, okay. It's I don't remember that one, but yeah, that's fine. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, again, I, you know, I, I, like I said, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out. Because, like I said, you know, we, you know, we, we, we appreciate it, man. No, nah, man. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's popping, and uh, I don't know if people know but Al Jazeera had reached out to me on Twitter a little while ago about this black comic thing that was happening I guess I think it was before Black Panther came out and so I I think that this you know is bubbling you know what I mean and and I don't know and the reason why I asked you about the animation is I feel like you know Marvel took like you know Iron Man and and they were like lower level characters you know what I mean yeah, and they popped like Spider-Man never did kind of a thing. Even Blade mm-hmm. back in the 90s, it's like they popped. I, I feel yeah. like, it's, it's, you know, it might be five years. I don't know what your sense is, but it might take that one book. It might take that one fan film, that one anime short, and that boom. You know what I mean? And you guys have already been there. You know, you already got that established audience. I mean, what do you see in the next five years in this, uh, in this manga space? I, well, first of all, I think that's a. I think that I think everything you described is is uh, a very mature way to look. Again, I don't know if a lot of young people realize, because again, as you talked about, you know, to the young person, five. They're like five years. That's fair. They're like, they, like man, they're, they're like they're like ready. They, they would come through that this camera and strangle your neck. They'd be like five years, five years. Uh, no, I totally agree with you. I think that, um, I think that, first of all, like I said, I think you're dead on. I think that it's, uh, I, I see what's happening. I mean, this is why I, I chose to do this. Again, I can tell you I have gone broke doing this. I mean, I wow. put all sorts of stuff into this, so, so I don't take that, that lightly. Um, I think that um, coming from the video game industry at the position that I was at, uh, what I can say when it comes to intellectual property that I'm not sure, again, a lot of our competitors really understand is that, look, at the end of the day, Hollywood, because this is all about Hollywood, yeah. Hollywood absorbs a vacuum. 
Hmm. Like they look at they look at space and they absorb it. So the minute they see that there's an opportunity, they just rush in. So let's talk about this for a second. When the young adult thing took off, right, the young adult novel thing took off. Harry Potter obviously was the grand, you know, that was the golden goose, right? Yeah. Warner Brothers got in on that. They had a bidding war for it, in fact, but Warner Brothers got it. Steven Spielberg, I don't know if you know, Steven Spielberg was actually supposed to direct the first one. No, I didn't know that. And yes, yes, he was. And and J.K. Rowling had in her contract, like, I get to make decisions. And it's not that she didn't want to work with Steven Spielberg, but she basically was like, uh, you're not changing my book. Okay. And she had that clout. Early on, remember, because they, they did that deal back when she, I think book two, she she did a film deal. So so anyway, this is all back to school stuff, but it, trust me, it'll, it'll get to the point here in a minute. So... So, so she she has this unique position with Harry Potter. It comes out, does gangbusters. So now all of a sudden, every other Hollywood student is going like, okay, uh, we got to get in on that. I don't care if it's another little wizard. I don't care what it is, but this young adult thing, we right. got to get in on that. And so what happened? Twilight, Hunger Games, The Giver. Uh, you know, I used to have all these books in my head, but uh, Aragon. All of these young adult novels that 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 themselves popped. Mm-hmm. as books because of what Harry Potter did yeah. subsequently became movies. Of the list that I just named, only three came out of that mix. Harry Potter, I mean, that were dominant. Yeah. Harry Potter, Twilight, and then to a lesser degree, Hunger Games, which Hunger Games and Twilight both had the distinction of really only being three books. They tried to split the last book into, into two different books, and because the series would never quite Harry Potter... The movie series subsequently died. Like, I, I, in other words, I highly doubt in your my lifetime that we will see reboots to Twilight or to Hunger Games. We will certainly see more Harry Potter at some point in you and my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I doubt we'll see that with Twilight and Harry Potter and, and uh, Hunger Games. They just got lucky. But a lot of other titles died in the wake of that. We saw with superhero movies, this new spate of superhero movies. What happened? You started seeing a whole bunch of you know, IP holders. Hasbro was like, hey, man, we got Transformers, we got G.I. Joe. Those kind of, you know, dinkled off. Those were never quite what they thought they would be. They right. had some success, but they kind of dinkled off. Uh, Teenage Mutant Turtles had one movie. The second one came out and died promptly. So what we see is that there is a space. What you're getting at is that there is a space. There is an intellectual property space in this aspect of this sort of anime-inspired content. I think the problem is that no one has defined what that space is. In other words, no one has defined what that looks like. Is it literally Naruto? I've gone on record saying I'm, I'm a massive Naruto fan. I showed you my collection back here. Mm-hmm. Huge Naruto fan. I will say, again, and I'm like I said, I promise, I guarantee you that Viz will never invite me to a booth or anything like this, but I'll say this right now. Cannot for the life of me imagine as a grown black man with a multicultural set of friends, just like you've got, mm-hmm. going to a movie theater and watching my friends, watching my family see Naruto on the screen. I thought Spider-Man and X-Men, all these things would never fly on screen, but they did. But I got a tough time seeing them try to explain a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Japanese kid. I got a tough time yeah. seeing that play off. I got a tough time seeing a concept that is as brilliant as Attack on Titan get away with having nobody black on the screen. I, yeah. I just don't see it. And so I come back to what I said. 
The problem right now is what is the definition of this space that we are talking about? That is the fundamental question that every company, Shueisha, Kadansha, Yin, uh, 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 us, and then and all the people who are trying to compete with us, what are they? What ultimately are we trying to say this space is? We have a view. This doesn't mean it's the right view, but we have a very specific view to this. So when you ask the question, what do I see up next five years? I see that space having someone define it. I don't know who that someone is. Like, like I said, it could be us. So, it could be someone else. So it's not as simple as, as getting the right American uh, film director and producer no, to take no. a Japanese property and put Japanese mm. people in it. It's not that simple. And, and, and again, we, you know, uh, we could talk, I mean, we, you know, we don't have time. Yeah. 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 We're about to wrap but, up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I would just say that, that I don't, yeah, I just, I, because, because, because the problem is that the material uh, has a fan base that is very unique. And as a result of that, it's hard to, when we start Saturday Night I'll never forget, and I won't say the creator's name, but I had a creator, young young black kid. And I said to him, I said, man, I said, you need to put more black characters in your work. I said, I don't understand how you don't have more black characters. You're black, and you can draw like, you draw crazy. Draw crazy good. And he was like, and he's like, I'll never forget this. He said to me, he's like, but he's like, I mean, yeah, I know I could. Like, but, you know, that would just be weird. I mean, like, you know, I just, I don't want it to seem forced. And I said, What's forced about us being in comic books? I mean, you know, like, like what, what, like, you know, is, you know, is, you know, is Naruto not forced? Is right. Bleach not forced? Is One Piece not forced? I mean, yep. it was, it was ridiculous. But yeah. th- that, in and of itself, mm-hmm. both tells you why this is such an important thing for us to solve. Yeah, and at the same time, it explains to you why this is such a difficult thing to get translated into Hollywood. Because that sense of just confusion by a young brother, yeah, now make that young man Japanese or Asian or white, and 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 say to them, okay, look, we're gonna make a live action Arthur Steve Spurs gonna direct, it's gonna be dope, we're gonna have a two hundred million dollar budget, but Sasuke gonna be black. Mm. What? No, 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 you can't. No, it's a Japanese thing. Japanese actors don't get a lot of play. We got to have Asian actors in there. You can hear all this stuff, yeah. but at the same time, though, at the same time, we don't get represented, mm-hmm. and that makes it really tough to talk about how you're going to convert this title into a Hollywood movie, yeah. and you trying to stay true to what it is. So, again, we don't say. I think it's going to get defined. I think that we will play a role in that, or at least we're trying to. Mm-hmm. But I think that space has got to get defined first. And I think where who defines it makes all the difference into whether or not it becomes something uh, as, as to what you're describing in the next five years. Gotcha. Well, you're definitely first in the market in terms of what you guys are uh, bringing to the table. So I think you definitely will be part of defining that space. Uh, Mr. Frederick Jones, could you tell people where they can find you on the interwebs and where they can pick up your uh, your wonderful manga? Yeah, so uh, again, uh, Saturday AM is the name of our uh, anthology. Uh, you can go to our website. It's www.saturday-am.com. On the website, folks, you can check out free issues of our magazine. We are currently at issue number 87. Wow. You can check out some free issues of the magazine. We're going to hit issue 100 this year. So again, folks, we've been at this for a long time. This is not a game. We've been doing this for a very long time. 
uh, and doing it consistently. You don't get to 87 issues in four years without nope. literally staying, staying true to the professional game. Uh, number two is uh, while on the website, we've got some animation there you can check out. We've got uh, some great articles and blog posts you can check out. More importantly, uh, if you are a creator who wants to submit content to us, there's some information there through something called Summer of Manga or March Art Madness, which is an art competition we have. You can find both of those links and explore how we interact in that space uh, for potential uh, future artists. Uh, we do a sister publication called Saturday PM. You can find information about that at our website as well. So if you want to see more adult content drawn by amazing, diverse creators, you can find it there. And the last thing I'll say is that uh, issue 88 of Saturday, if you subscribe, issue 88 of Saturday M will come out in two weeks. Issue number two of Saturday PM featuring uh, our Nigerian creator, Odunze Agogos. He has a new comic called Bakasi, which features Nigerian themes, unlike his first work, Apple Black. So I highly recommend people check that out to see what good Nigerian uh, content concepts look like. I think it's the first time it will be widely distributed in that way. Uh, and then you can buy our books, our physical books, on our website or on Amazon. Uh, we have six books out currently. We have another three that will be coming out soon. And then towards the end of the year, we'll be dropping Clock Striker, which is our shonen manga's first black female lead character. She'll have her book debut this end of this year. Wow. Mr. Frederick Jones, it's been a pleasure to have you on the program. I appreciate it, John. Thank you so much again for inviting us. Thank you.